Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub, and the other guy you're about to hear is none other than Les Jackson. Les, that we, would be me. That would be you. And we've got a great hour planned out for our listeners uh, because we've got, uh, well, information on a brand new Cadillac. A little bit of a teaser about the Celestique, yep. if we're saying that right. The Celestique uh the, the little teaser picture we have looks pretty nice, but <laughs> we can't vendor. really describe it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be built in a place steeped in history, General Motors history. We'll tease it with yep. that. And then you've got a story about a, a couple of companies bringing out new models, and we got pricing on them. Absolutely. 2023 models. Now Hyundai prices out the new Palisade, uh, including the XRT model. And Kia is telling us how much it'll cost to buy its all-new, all-wheel drive Seltos CUV, which is their smallest uh, all-wheel drive offering. Uh, see, well, yes, uh, and actually, I think this is a trend. I, I, I think they're just going to be putting all-wheel drive in everything. Yep, uh, I'm getting an all-wheel drive bicycle later, so we'll talk about Excellent. that. Excellent. And then uh, here's something that you can use if you're thinking about moving to another state. A lot of people are. What states are the most expensive and least expensive to own and drive a car? Some of them you might find surprising. I'll bet it's Hawaii. <laughs> it's, it's very expensive to drive there from California, yes. Extremely. And uh, we're talking tech later. Uh, what do you think? Are pop-up uh, pop headlights coming back? Well, kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, <laughs> interesting reason why they disappeared less, and it was pedestrian safety in Europe, because you kind of get impinged yep. on one if you, uh, if you got hit. And uh, I'm going to have a review uh, this hour of the BRZ, the Subaru BRZ. Very cool vehicle, uh, very sporty vehicle. And a rear-wheel drive. This one had yep. one of those manual things with uh, the three pedals. That car. thing in the middle that you push and pull. And yeah, you move it all around. Yeah. And wow. you go to town. That's well, then it's completely safe for being stolen. <laughs> That's true. It has the anti-theft device in it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it was a great little car. And, uh, yeah, one of the things I liked was it had uh, some cool treatment on the pedals. It has a boxer engine, believe it or not. And it says Toyota Subaru on that because uh, they share the model. Uh, it's Toyota 86 and uh, Subaru BRZ. So uh, interesting uh, combination of companies there. I'm sure we'll see 
plenty more of those as time goes yep. on. Don't forget to check us out, though, at CruiseControlRadio.com. You can link over to all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We'll be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. It's us. I'm Les. He's Fred over there. And uh, we teased a little bit about Cadillac's newest, soon-to-be-newest offering called the Celestique. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a cool name. It's going to be ultra luxury translation, ultra expensive, <laughs> uh, that's but true. that's okay. Uh, lots of them, lots of its competitors are, it's going to be a special design, which uh, I I'm sure will be st- striking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something you go, Oh, wow. What's that? And it's being built at GM's historic, um, Design Center, which technical center, which was opened in 1956. Yeah. By, as you said, uh, Dwight Eisenhower, when he was president, he, uh, I guess, cut the ribbon. Yeah. Um, A lot of cool stuff has been designed there. Yeah, sure has. And uh, they're spending $81 million to start assembling the Celestique there to, to get it going. Uh, and they've already started to work on this. Of course, it will be on the Ultium platform, which is GM's right. um, uh, platform that will base all of their cars in the future. Um, but uh, it is expected to have, the Celestique is expected to have a four-quadrant suspended particle device smart glass groove, roof where each occupant of the vehicle can set their own level of roof transparency now remember you were reviewing the mach e uh right. last week and one the of big your big panoramic roof but it had no cover no shade that no and it's not smart glass so you couldn't push a button and make it opaque right uh it was just low e glass uh, which put your hand close to it it was really hot yeah now what's interesting here i had a vehicle i believe it was a lexus that had that already in the roof panel, it didn't have four quadrants. Yeah, but yeah. it did have a button you push, and the, it went from clear to um, opaque. Uh, which I yeah, well, opaque is the right word for it, right? Where you can see some light, but it's diffused. Uh, yeah, opaque. Yeah, um, in a push of a button. So while they are touting this, uh, I've seen it already. So I, and I think it's a great idea. I also think it's a great idea for home where you don't have to have any curtains. You know? Well, they make shower uh, glasses uh, in hotels as well. Um, that do that. But where you walk in and it makes it opaque so no one can see in. Yeah. Also, um, also on the Celestique, you will have what they call uh, a driver and front seat passenger will enjoy pillar to pillar views of a free form display with active privacy to help mitigate driver distraction. So we talk about infotainment screens getting bigger. They, they used to be six inch and then they're seven inch. Right. Then they became, they, they went vertical to 12 inch. Now yep. it's just going to be a whole screen, the whole width cross, of the vehicle. Cross the dash. Yep. 
and they will use the equivalent of those <laughs> privacy screens. Remember, people used to snap them on on airplanes, so if you're doing business work, someone next to you couldn't say, hey, what are you working on? They will use that type of technology that uh, you won't be able to see, like let's say you're in the passenger seat and I'm driving, uh, you won't be, I won't be able to see a movie you're watching, so it, it keeps it all legal. That's that's pretty well. Uh, that was designed by lawyers, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> not not by the engineers who designed the car. But it, you know, it is a, it is a good safety device, and it's uh, you know everybody. We're all trying to prevent distraction. It's tough to do. You know, the other thing that's interesting here, and I think we're going to see a lot more of this across all manufacturing, is GM's additive industrial additive industrialization center and that basically means 3d printing uh yeah. they will make 3d uh printing components for this vehicle and others in the automotive industry uh, already the cadillac ct4v and ct5v benefited from this uh and they made small items uh, well some small items some big items uh, shifter emblems HVAC ducts and transmission components. The last one being <laughs> a very important thing to have uh, yeah, as far rather. as uh, quality. Um, yeah, 3D printing. You know, think about that. You you could if you can get the speed up there, you can just print the parts you need right at the factory at some point in the future. Well, yeah, I, I just always wonder about how robust like the metal parts would be, but. Well, the Navy is sure talking about that it will be they'll be able to build tools, specialty tools, yeah, and print them on the ship. And instead of storing them when they're done, they just recycle the material, so they don't have to store the tools. That's kind of interesting. That's pretty cool. And by the way, each of these Celestiques are built by a team of of people, like the old British. Uh, actually, the Borgans are still built that way. Are uh, they? Where, uh, you know, are they bespoke? <laughs> I They're, just wanted to say that to annoy. I knew you'd get me with that. <laughs> well, that's a okay. That's a little <laughs> bit about the Cadillac Celestique, where it's going to be built, and a couple of features. But when we come back, we're going to tell you about a Jeep that did very well that you can buy right now. It did very well on all the crash tests. So we'll tell you about that when we come back. And new models from Hyundai and Kia. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Cruise Control. Let's, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, a Jeep that scored very well on uh, the safety picks. And uh, it's called the Jeep Compass. And yep. this is what we like to do this on Cruise Control uh, to uh, help you out if you're looking at buying a vehicle, maybe give you a little direction. Jeep Compass earned the top safety pick rating from IIHS. It's the highest possible rating of each of the six IIHS, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, that's what that stands for, crashworthiness tests. And its standard equipment is automatic emergency braking, graded superior, advanced rating for pedestrian detection technology, and more than 75 available safety and security features, which is the most in the class. You know, it's interesting about the Compass. It's been around. That name's been around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. It's 
the, the model has been sort of languishing in the, oh, yeah, they also make that yeah, category. Yeah, I understand. <clears throat> but uh, finally, it's coming on really strong. Their sales are way up. Uh, people are noticing them. 22% they're up. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a bit for the money. Looks like a mini uh, Grand Cherokee, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's just, it's it's going to... It's turning into a super popular model. So good for them. And of course, one of the key things to scoring well on that IIHS top safety pick rating is the headlights. And this rating applies to models yeah. equipped with the LED projector or, or LED reflector headlamps when paired with high beam assist. If you've never driven a vehicle with high beam assist, you want to, especially if you drive on uh, country, country roads uh, because it is uh, it is really welcome. You don't have to keep flicking that and you won't blind anyone that's yeah. coming in the other it's, lane. It's, it's great. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish every vehicle in the world always had it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that's a good – Flash your lights at somebody who's blinding you coming the other way. I think certain drivers don't even know how to turn – high no. beams on and off or if they are on or what that blue light means on the on the dashboard or anything that's right so anyway uh that's a good vehicle to think about and then we've got a couple of more including uh you have a story on the hyundai palisade pricing uh one of their very popular models yeah. their full-size super full-size vehicle um and as far as these large SUVs go, it's actually the pricing is not all that bad, is it? Not until you get up into the higher models. Um, it, it, it at the start, uh, and they do have a few, uh, you know, as they say, fresh exterior and interior. Yes. Treatments, twelve-inch navigation screen. Got to have it. Um, but any case, um, the the base SE model. Uh, which has a lot. Uh, it's only thirty four nine fifty, which for that kind of a vehicle is pretty reasonable. Three point eight liter V six, eight speed yep. automatic, and that's front wheel drive only. Right, right, and um, and as you go up the SEL, uh, the the XRT, even the the limited is forty six five, and then there's the. Uh, the calligraphy? calligraphy. Now, why do you suppose they named that the calligraphy? They do that. I found it to be a, a strange name uh, for that sort of means, calligraphy, like you're writing out an invite pretty to writing. A wedding. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's how I call it. I guess <laughs> I I don't know and, whether. Uh, <laughs> and as one who in elementary school was always graded on my report card as having very sloppy writing. <laughs> I I take umbrage at this. Uncle Sloppy, isn't that what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, guilty as charged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's funny that they all do follow this um, kind of uh, book. That now it seems like many manufacturers are coming out with white crossovers with black wheels. I've had white. two of them. I had two of them. I had the um, GMC AT4 
and the uh, right now the Mitsubishi Outlander. They both have that look, and this XRT model floats in at forty thousand two fifty for the front wheel drive and forty two thousand one fifty for the all wheel drive, and it includes um, all of the equipment in the SEL, which is the second level up. Uh, but it also adds 20-inch dark wheels with rugged styling, rugged lower bumpers and rugged. skid plate accents, rugged lower door garnish. <laughs> when, whoever thought you would say that as a sentence. Uh, uh, by the way, I have a theory on why we're seeing so many white vehicles. Why is that? Because, this is my theory, I, I have no inside knowledge, but uh, because... All of these new vehicles have such big grills. Yes. The face of the car is so overwhelming. The white shows it better than any other color. And they, and they want that identity to, uh, to be noticeable. I think you might be right. And it's interesting because not only is the body white on this XRT model, but it does have a rugged dark grill finish <laughs> did i mention it's rugged um i i th what, what do you think maybe it's rugged <laughs> you know this is the trend um this is a little bit different trend but we saw the trend with like subaru wilderness and uh there's the timberline yep. for ford and oh it's endless the x line for kia endless manufacturers toughening up the looks of their suvs and cuvs um, yeah. This is kind of a this is kind of a subset of that with this uh, this model the XRT the rugged <laughs> it's funny the release says rugged like fifteen times it says yeah it new does. rugged Palisade rugged lower bumpers rugged lower garnish there's probably another rugged in there it does look good I mean I like how it looks it looks sporty well yeah um, I mean it looks quite large yeah I mean it's not I mean it's not a small vehicle but it's not huge it's not an escalade no but uh, um but there, there you have it it's rugged rugged <laughs> uh let's move and over <laughs> what that's we right. say. <laughs> well and so is the added dealer markup when you go get ready to buy yeah, one yeah that will be rugged as well <laughs> that's <laughs> Let's, extremely rugged let, let's um, let's talk about uh something from kia a little little more affordable you know everyone always says well i love the soul why didn't they make it all-wheel drive and i always ask that too because it's a great value but uh really if you want to buy an all-wheel drive kia and you want to get into an all-wheel drive kia the seltos is really what you're looking at yeah uh, um, and the pricing is not all that bad at all. Listen to this. The S front wheel drive starts at 22,890. Who ever heard of that? Buying a vehicle for that. Price? That's, that's a bargain. I mean, it really is. The LX, the LX all wheel drive. Listen to this. The LX all wheel drive is actually less than it's the $50 less. <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, there's an S all-wheel drive at 24390 The Nightfall Edition, also a trend to have an all-blacked-out. We used to call that murdered, right. the look, when you had every, all murdered. the trim blacked out, dark windows, dark wheels. Uh, now they call it Nightfall. Nightfall Edition all-wheel drive. 
that is $27,040. EX all-wheel drive, $26,140. SX all-wheel drive, $28,340. Even if you throw the book at this thing, you know, you're well under $30,000, probably even with the destination. I'm not sure what the destination is on this, but you can be assured I'm it's... Gonna, I'm going to guess $1,000. Yeah. Um. You uh, the LXS and EX get a two liter Atkinson four cylinder with four one hundred and four. I was going to say four hundred and forty six horsepower. That would be astounding, wouldn't it? Um, one hundred and forty six horsepower, one hundred and thirty two pound feet of torque. If you want more, you can get the one six turbo, one seventy five and one ninety five on the torque that comes in the Nightfall edition and SX model. Fuel economy, uh, not all that bad, really. Front-wheel drive, uh, it is, um, let's see, uh, 29 city, 35 highway, not bad. And still not bad on all-wheel drive, 27 city, 31 highway, 29 combined. You know these things are well-equipped because they're Kias. Even the base model is probably well-equipped. Um so interesting vehicle, the Seltos. Um, I think it's one for you to put on your consideration list if you're talking about yeah. uh, small uh, wheel drive. Yeah, if you're looking CUV. for a nice little CUV. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Might be the way to go. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about the states where it is the most expensive and least expensive to drive a car. Stay tuned. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. Welcome back. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Fred and I are going to go over um, something near and dear to everyone's heart, which is the cost of of insuring and owning um, a car. Yes. And we have uh, a listing of the uh, most and least expensive states so. for that sort of thing. And um, if you're in one of the most expensive states, well, we're sorry. <laughs> Nothing we can do about it, though. I can't help you. Yeah. Uh, but we can let you know. Yeah, we can let you know. Um, and I think it's good information. Um, people like to factor all this stuff in. This comes from... A refer- research firm called Deal A, uh, and there's a difference in car insurance of $1,000 between the most and least expensive states. That's a pretty big discount. It's not really not a, huge, a huge difference. But, you know, it's it's pretty big. Let's I, I'll, I'll say this, Les. Do you want the bad news or the good news? Let's do the bad first. Okay, so 10 most So expensive. people forget about it quickly. <laughs> okay. No. All right. So they, they kind of go through this in this list, the total average repair cost, the average right. car insurance cost, the 50-point safety inspection and oil change cost, total maintenance cost, and then they give you a total number. So uh, – Number 10 of the most expensive is Colorado coming in at 3286. Okay. Um this is not this is not including the cost of actually buying and paying for the for the car. Um 
or get, or just, gas. Yeah, or gas. This is just what it costs to to own it as it sits in the driveway. Insure it, inspect it. Yep. Um, I guess they have registration costs in here too because they vary pretty highly. They yeah, they could vary a lot. Um, anyway, I, I might be wrong too. I think. I think you pay tax every year on your car in Connecticut, but I might be wrong about that. You you do uh, in Connecticut, and you do here in Virginia. And and how what do they base it on the value of the car, or it's how based many- on the the uh, average uh, blue book value, or what they call actually the the tr- it's kind of the trade in value. Has um, that gone and- up? Since prices of used cars have gone up, yeah, uh, it has, but it's a function of age, of age of the vehicle. Yeah, once your car is twenty years old, you owe essentially nothing. So it pays to buy an old car. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's that said, uh, when I bought my Corvette, mm-hmm. in it walked it through the assembly line in nineteen seventy one and bought it. It was fifty five hundred dollars. Once I settled on the price, I'll give you six thousand. Over the course of thirty-three years, right. I paid for that car again. Oh boy! In property tax. Wow. But wow. they got rid of it uh, toward the end of those years. For you know, there was no. Uh, they finally put an age limit at where it became it. worth on paper a hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, anyway, n- number nine, New York. 3306 most expensive. Number eight, New Jersey. We're all in my neighborhood mm-hmm. here, New York, New no Jersey. No surprise. 3312. Rhode Island, expensive state to live in, Rhode Island. I've heard that. And uh, it's number seven on the most expensive list for driving a car. Florida, number six. That's, that's that's surprising because it's so cheap there in so many other ways. In uh, tax, other taxes. California, yeah. number five. Uh, that is three thousand four fifty six hmm. a year. Kentucky, three thousand six thirteen. Surprise number three, Nevada, three thousand seven hundred five. Louisiana, three thousand eight forty nine, and the most expensive state list. Jackson, do you know what it might be? It strangely enough is the home of the auto industry. Yeah, Michigan. Michigan uh, uh, coming in at a rugged. <laughs> to whew, the, yes, <laughs> to use that term again, a rugged yep. four thousand six hundred and sixty four dollars and thirty cents. So. That's the bad news. What are the cheapest? Well, one to ten. The, one being the, the cheapest. Number ten uh, cheapest is North Carolina at twenty seven oh one. Number nine, Vermont. That's surprising. Yep. Uh, twenty five eighty one. Yep. Iowa. Um, twenty five sixty six. Wisconsin, kind of same area of the country. Twenty five thirteen. Idaho, uh, a little further west. Twenty four ninety four. This is just because there's less people out there. It's more. Uh, I think more so. Open space. I think so. Um, just you know, more density, more crashes. Right, that makes sense. Um, Indiana, twenty four seventy five. Now that's close to to uh, Chicago. So yeah, 
Ohio, anyway. uh, 2438. Yep. Virginia. Uh, Virginia, right here, where everyone complains about the cost. <laughs> uh, we're the third cheapest, 2432. New Hampshire, 2330. And, and Maine. Uh, I guess I'm not surprised at that. That's the cheapest at 22.53. Now that's half of what it costs in Michigan. You know, it's bizarre too. AARP and other groups say don't retire to Maine because it's very expensive for taxes. But I guess they, they shift the blame over to car or, or well, they, they're to, less expensive yeah. cars. But they tax you in other ways, right? You have to weigh everything. You can't just look at home price or <laughs> move to a state you know. for cheap insurance. Yeah. Well, well I, I well, I'll yeah. know I know this. If you ever go to a race and you look at the transporters, they're all registered in the cheapest states. Yes. Just like ships. Yeah. They're, just they're like registered ships. in the country, Liberia, the countries that have the least regulation. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Hey, you want to do a, a talk and tech? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, pop up headlights. Remember, last version of the Corvette to have them was the C5. Yeah. Uh, Taz Juchter, the chief engineer, told us they, they're they not coming back <laughs> on, on well, the Corvette. All of the engineers at the car companies hate pop-up headlights. They're a point of failure, for sure. They're a terrible point of failure. They're just a nuisance to design. Um, this is true of the British, uh, you know, anywhere. Um, so they're not unhappy to see them go away. Also, if you get crashed in the front, they're expensive to repair. Too. They're expensive. Yeah. Uh, well, pop-up headlights sort of could be making a comeback. This comes from our friends at CarBuzz. They filed. They found at, that Audi filed a German patent and team trademark office filing uh, last year. And the idea is these are called changeable headlight covers. And I remember reading about this a long time ago um, in uh, The Future of Cars. It was an article, Future of Cars where the yep. body would be the light. And when the light comes on, you, it, the light would glow through the body. When it's not on, you wouldn't see it. It would just look like body color, like more more of the fender or whatever. And this is kind of the technology they're talking about where once again, sort of like that roof panel we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. when the light's not lit, it looks just like the body color or maybe a piece of trim or whatever. You don't see the headlights. When you turn it on, it actually lights up. And that's kind of the modern day version of pop-up headlights, disappearing headlights, you know? Yeah. Disappearing headlights or point of need headlights. Is, yeah. What do you think uh, about that? Well, I think I would have to see it in action. The first thing I think of is like every headlight, they get dirty. They get cloudy. Yeah. Um, and and they lose a, an awful lot of their usefulness. So sure. my question is, how did how would this work? And would it work? Would it be more maintenance uh, to keep it nice or less? Hard to say. It might be less because the, the be lens less. is covered by you know it's more protected from UV light. Um, it's kind of a styling thing, you know. It's not. 
And the yeah. other thing you got to watch is you, it can affect the light output in any way because, let's face it, headlights are a big thing when it comes to getting that all-important IIHS safety rating. Yeah. You don't want to mess and, that up to look cool. And that's the big problem. You've got to design something. Remember that during the 80s, people put fa- put smoked covers over their headlights and taillights? Yep. <laughs> I was like, that's well, right. why? That's not a good idea. I want taillights so they can not see it all. as soon as possible, not when they're like two feet away from my rear bumper and about to smash into it. There, there are some very strange um, personalization things that Peel people put on their cars. Yeah. Peel and stick personalization. Hey, we're going to yep. get into a vehicle next, an at-the-wheel review of the Subaru BRZ. It's a real good-looking, well, not two-seater. It should be a two-seater, I guess, but we'll tell you about it when we come back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. We're going to review, have an at-the-wheel review of a very cool vehicle, the Subaru BRZ. It is a sporty car that's marketed as the BRZ from the folks at Subaru. has a boxer engine. It is the only Subaru that does not have all-wheel drive. This is a rear-drive vehicle. And if you want a little bit different styling, you can order it from Toyota, and they call it the 86. Now, this bad, is a bad name. Yeah, this is a four seat car, a two plus two, but the rear seat has literally no leg room whatsoever. I'm 5'8, and I got in the back, and I, uh, <laughs> I have to say, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. It was yeah. handy for holding our um, cooler to keep food cool and, and a hat. <laughs> Uh, the reason for two plus twos, and this has been true since the 60s when uh, Jaguar did it with the XKEs and uh, cars over the years have done two plus twos, which are basically unsittable in the back seat. Right. The reason was insurance. Yes. Uh, yes. They're much cheaper. Otherwise, they're insured as high performance sports cars. And uh, this would be great if you had a small dog, a hat. Yeah. Or some small cardboard box. <laughs> it would fit in there. More. <laughs> or, or a sandwich and a banana. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this is a great car, though, Les. Um, it is, I think, the ideal car for, like, autocrossing or, you know, how people like yep. to race cars that are not that high horsepower. They're just looking for something that handles well. A lot of people use Miatas for this. I might I might alienate half of the uh, automotive journalist world. I've never been a super fan of the Miata. I would rather have something like this, um, the BRZ. I would too. I like the closed coupe. It's stiffer. Um, it it's quite a bit less expensive. Um, I agree with you. I I think if you're you know a relatively young owner and you just want something cool looking and, and fun to drive and reliable yeah and inexpensive uh i just i just think this is a great choice look at the styling that's got the double bubble roof very racing styling uh it has uh this current model the 2022 has a lower center of gravity they've lowered it down 
Uh, it's got that nice kind of integrated rear spoiler. It even has a trunk that you can haul stuff in and very sporty looking from the front. It's not a high horsepower engine. This is a 2.4 liter uh, direct injection, double overhead cam engine. And what's kind of interesting about it is when you look under the hood, it actually says Toyota and Subaru on the what would be the engine cover. They don't really have an engine cover on this. Uh, the horsepower is in the low 200s, which was more than adequate for, the, for this vehicle. It was fun to drive. Ours had a six-speed manual. Remember those? Yes, indeed. I have <laughs> one of those. And actually, it looks like a cross between a Porsche and a 240Z. I got a lot of comments that people said, wow, that's an expensive car. Oh, my gosh. And I thought, well, not really. We'll tell you what it is. Actually, the horsepower is 228 from the Subaru Boxer that's, engine. That's plenty. It's plenty. No rear seat room, just a couple of butt pockets <laughs> in the back. Uh, <laughs> but it's fine for storage, uh, but you just would not want to sit back there. Uh, I like the interior of the vehicle. Very straight ahead Subaru, push buttons, knobs, switches for everything. Uh, easy to use, easy to see. None of this, you know, touchscreen haptic stuff that we've seen in other vehicles uh, like the VW GTI. Uh, even the radio's got a uh, volume knob. Uh, there's the touchscreen there. You can get Android Auto, Apple CarPlay. Um, and you know, just, just easy to use volume knob. Some of the components were a little, you know, low budget, but that's okay. Uh, you can see there's some great stitching on the shifter boot and some red trim and stitching on the seats, which were sort of an Alcantara type stuff, uh, in there in the car. And some of the Alcantara, um, upholstery goes on to the doors itself as well. Uh, the seats are heated. I liked how they treated the pedals. They did a really nice uh, yep, treatment of pedals. Sporty. And interesting, it is the uh, D45 Boxer engine, Toyota and Subaru, right on the top of it. So uh, nice, nice little engine. I'm sure you could get some go-fast goodies for this, too, if you wanted to. Um, ours was the BRZ Limited, which brings in 18-inch aluminum alloy wheels with matte gray finish. Uh, 21540 summer performance tires, blind spot protection. They call it Bryn Naub upholstered combination. Um, mm. I, you know, I guess that's just the brand name, dual mode heated front seats, um, steering responsive headlights, which is always nice. Um, one thing you can't get with the manual is the eyesight uh, system. The eyesight is uh, Subaru's version of emergency braking that. As of this uh, review, you cannot get that with a manual transmission. You can get an automatic transmission with this as well. Did not drive that. Just drove the manual. Manual shifted wonderfully. Good clutch feel. Good clutch take-up. Shifter was great. Um, so, you know, you have your option. But once again, a great car if you want to go autocrossing or something like that, or you want a sporty car uh, that is not super expensive. And you're probably going to ask, how much did it cost, Fred? Uh, how much did it cost? Funny you should ask, Les, because the <laughs> BRZ Limited is thirty thousand four ninety five, with a destination charge of nine hundred and sixty dollars. Brings it all in at thirty one thousand four fifty five. 
if you recall, we were wondering, would we see a version of this um, vehicle? You know, would they continue it? And they have. I don't know what the sales numbers for this are, but I don't think it's one of their biggest sellers. Um, but it is a great vehicle. It also has a limited slip diff, Torsen limited slip diff, which is great vehicle dynamic control, uh, sport tuned suspension. Um, it's a nice little vehicle. It really is. It is a sporty vehicle. It's a fun vehicle. Uh, if you're looking for that type of vehicle, uh, it's one to look for. I liked, I liked everything about it. I liked how it drove. It looked more expensive, especially in that silver, uh, ice silver metallic than it was. Um, you know, I don't know what the automatic drives like. That might be a little easier in traffic. It might actually be better for autocrossing the auto. It might be. Well, the fact is, I, I would doubt more than three or four percent of the buyers get manual. Yeah. So um, I, I give it I give it a, a great rating and uh, they've just made it better with this generation. Um, they've, as I said, lowered the center of gravity, uh, dropped the vehicle a little bit. Uh, this is only in the second generation. So um I don't know. Uh, I kind of like the uh, Subaru styling a little bit better than the uh, Toyota styling. It's just that's just point. I of do preference. too. Uh, also, I, I have to give them credit for just doing this. You know, for putting out uh, what essentially is a limited market sports car. Yes. Uh, for you know, uh, in in, an, in a world of uh, over seventy percent of SUVs. Yeah. Absolutely. I definitely like to autocross one though. Probably the probably the automatic. That's that's what I would say. But that's your yep. BRZ, your at the wheel review of the 2022 Subaru BRZ limited model. Good looking vehicle. I like the the dark wheels with the uh ice silver and uh, it's one uh, it's a fun vehicle. And by the way, uh, I've read that they are working on a way to get the eyesight system with manual transmissions. They have a few in their lineup yet. I believe you can still get a cross trek. I believe you can with a manual. With, with a manual. And and they want that to come with eyesight. So I would I would venture a guess that they would be uh, adding eyesight to manual transmission vehicles uh, in the future. So all right, there you have it. Well, we appreciate you listening to Cruise Control Radio. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're gonna see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.